Welcome to the Vet Church Podcast. Vet Church interviews are authentic, sacred, and inspirational. Vet Church is open to anyone who appreciates the sacrifice made by the women and men who put on a uniform and served this great nation. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com. sitting here with David Carlin doing a vet church interview. So, so well, it's been a while. You and I have known each other for a number of years. years four years? years? About four. When, about four, actually. About four, yeah. We moved into the neighborhood, and I and I met you a couple couple months. Crazy man walking around the neighborhood with just talking to people. Well, talking to itself, we thought, but we didn't see the Jennifer phone thing. Almost <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer almost ran you over. <laughs> Well, I was looking at y'all. Y'all had chickens. And then <laughs> Emily ducks. was like, I, I'll never forget her kicking that duck. As a duck, a duck attacked a chicken, and she gave that thing a boot, and that duck went flying. <laughs> Don't touch my chickens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. That's cool. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun. So, um, <coughs> what do you want to talk about? Well, I, what do you want to talk about? I mean, you've done so much. From truck driving, worked in a prison, you deployed, you you were in combat yeah. in the Gulf War. Desert you did storm. things, you, you yeah, dug stuff up, you you uh, you're, you're a warrior, yeah. and uh, and you're paying for that a little bit, a little bit. Everybody does, and um, I I've always been impressed, and I told you this yesterday, the way you love, yeah. You you care for people, you love people, and you're a man that I've always respected. I've I've, I've liked our relationship, and so whatever you want to talk about, huh. I'm up for. Um, you know, vet church kind of started. You know, we kind of helped you get into this with with a trauma in our life, and we asked you to help us, and, mm-hmm. and um. You really did. You stood up and and really, you know, we're a big part in us moving. And and doing that, we also helped you oh yeah. Line your life out. And and that's what life is about. It's it's not what we can do for ourselves, it's what we can do for each other. But everybody can do for themselves. Everybody can you know, but how many people can do for other people and not do for other people to get credit. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, it's one thing when you're getting paid or, oh, you're, yeah. or you're feeling like the world's going to see me, I'm going to be famous, right. and my neighbor's going to know I'm a good guy. Uh, well, I mean, and you see it. and uh, My mind's so crazy right now. I'm sorry, I don't have any other. So my mind's wacky. Yeah. Um, it's all over the place. And that's one of the one of the problems. That's one of the things we're going to talk about today. Um, once I get my mind lined out here, focus, focus. Once I get my focus, but you know, the 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 feeling of good of doing something right is great. In the place I am right now, with the all the, the horrors I've seen and the traumas I've suffered 
you know, that makes me, that makes me who I am. Absolutely. That, that makes me who I am. So if I, and I can either let what that has turned me into be the person with the windows closed, the person with the, sitting in the house all day long, which happens. I mean, oh yeah, there's days I, I get up every morning and take my daughter to school so I get out of bed. Because if I didn't do that, I'd just lay in the bed until I couldn't lay in the bed no more and then I'd get up, couldn't sit on the couch, watch TV. But you have to find things that get you up and get you going. And in life and in our pursuit of trying to fix our problems, because you have to fix your problems first before you can fix anything else. And, and nobody can fix it for you. Nope. Nobody can fix it for you. They can give you suggestions. They can give you ideas. But you have to you have to fix them because you know what your body needs. You know. And I know what my body needs and I know what, what works. So you have to find that. And once you heal yourself or you get yourself into a position where you can help someone else, you helping that other person is going to make you better. Mm -hmm. And then you, you're better, so you're helping this person, that person's better, well, that person can go help this person, and then that person's better. And then this person can go help this person, and this person's better. And all along, every time this help or this whatever happens, the first person that gave the first help gets healing from every time that help is passed along. Pass it along. Pass it along. You know, do it. You know, I give you a, we're in a store and I give you a dollar to pay for your thing. Well, when you go out the street and you go down the road and two days later, you give somebody a dollar. You know, what's wrong with that? What makes that? so impossible for people to do to help each other. I think a lot of it is going on. Yeah. And certainly we're not seeing it on the, uh, the no, media. That, that. that media isn't seeing it. Now, the beautiful thing about today is we live in a day and an age when we all have this phone. And the phone can either take you in demise yes. and you can pass on some crap mm -hmm. and and get stuck in bad habits, or you can you can help people out and lift them up and care for one another and, and help people pay it forward and do all that. You know the the thing we learn in the military, and you know they talk all the time. We you know you join the military because you want to go fight because you know all this and it's all about the flag and all that and it and it's not. That's that's why you join. You join for the flag and for the God and for country. Yep, that, that's why I joined. You fight and you stay in for your fellow man or your fellow person for all you yeah, idiots yeah. out there. I, I'm sorry. I, I, let me let me apologize. I'm I'm gonna get it. But you know, we learn that it's about us. When when you're in a foxhole, it, it's about you. When you're two police officers in one car, it's not about everything out there. It's about you and your partner, and you and your partner have to take care of yourself. Happens on the ambulance, happens on the fire trucks, happens in the family car when you're driving down the road. Mm -hmm. Everybody in that car is responsible for looking out, making sure everybody in that car is safe. 
But at, that's what you have to do. What happened, you know, I, I, I was going to get some biscuits this morning. And I'm driving down the road and I'm looking and I'm thinking, you know, everybody in the United States that's 16 years and above are rude. They are. And, and, and you're going to ask, well, how can you say that? Have you ever driven down the road? I have. Okay. Everybody's driven down the road. There used to be a, a cartoon back in the day, Goofy. It was a Disney cartoon. Okay. And it showed him come out of the house. Do, 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 do. Mr. Oh, he's all happy. And he gets into his car and he turns into this. This, this cartoon had to be back in the 50s or 60s or something that this cartoon came out. And he gets behind the car and he's the. You know, and he gets where you're doing and gets out and he's out. And that's how people are. And you, you put a car around you and you're the best. You know, I, I just do whatever I want to do and nobody's going to do it. People pick this up and go, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and ain't nobody going to be able to do nothing. But you're hurting people. You are hurting people with a phone. You're hurting people with a car. You're, you're, you're hurting people when you bust in line at Walmart. Nobody cares about anybody else anymore. Well, now I'll no. push you a little bit. Okay, there, are people, there, there, there are people, people that people. do. Right. I mean, they're, that you, you, you're... you're I'd say you're nailing everybody at some point. Right. I'm nailing myself. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I've been rude. No. no oh, I've no, I've been rude just a few it. minutes ago when I called everybody an idiot. Like, <laughs> well, but hey. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and it happens. But I don't. What I think. What I'm pushing you on is I don't think everybody's rude all the time. No. Here's the thing. Nobody is nothing. Let me let me get this right. Nobody is everything all the time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? I'm a good. I, I'm a decent person. I wouldn't say I'm a good person. I'm a decent. I, you know. And I'm gonna try my best, and I'm gonna work hard at it. And I, I and me personally, I really think about things all day long. You know, I think about oh, there's snow on the ground, and 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 you're you're going out, and you're, you know, how, and I'm thinking about how can I make my life better so I make my family's life better so I make my neighbor's life better people don't people don't think about that me and you talked the other day and I said I don't care about what goes on outside that world until it comes to that door yeah when it comes to that door it can come in whatever it is but it ain't gonna come in and try to force itself on me and, and that's been a problem in our society and that is it, we just watched Millions of dollars wasted with half the nation telling us our president is bad and the other half of the nation telling us our president isn't bad. It don't matter. Presidents are presidents. They're the leaders of our country. In four years, you can kick them out of office. Let them do. Who knows? He might do the right thing. No president is ever going to fix Everything, and you said that thing cost thirty-five. I think I saw thirty-five million dollars is what it cost to have the hearings. And I and I said with fifty thousand veteran service organizations, we could have cut that up seven hundred dollars to each one. We could have a table in every VA in the United States. Simple, simple. So we can go play pool while we're waiting on a doctor. 
something. I mean, and I, I don't understand. People make things too complicated. There is one. There is, it, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It it doesn't. Um. We went, we went to the moon. We didn't go to the moon. Whatever. You know, these are all the <laughs> theories out there. But if we did go to the moon, think of that. We took a man, we put him in a metal tube on top of a bomb, and we launched him into space. We, we know we sent him to space because we watched the rocket go to space. Where they went to the moon, we can't see. But we put a man in a rocket and we sent him into space. That was a lot. And, and it wasn't done with great big computers. It was done with rooms full of people and calculators and drawings. Yeah. The black ladies that computed, that, that movie was great. I didn't see it, but you I didn't heard it was awesome. The numbers, or what was the name of that movie about the... Uh, uh, no, no, not this about one. The, about the little, the black ladies that did the, the, they did all because they were overlooked because, because of the color of their skin right and then they literally they did, were the the math did the math that that got John Glenn back uh, I mean and that's awesome and that's awesome and that's great and that's powerful and it, and it shows the people that people that this right here, here absolutely means nothing I'm telling you right now the color of your skin the color of your eyes the color of your hair absolutely means nothing what's in your heart is who you are yeah and and, and we live in a like that's what I, I don't you know I think that's the big thing that I keep pushing in vet churches this idea of love yeah like it, in it, our hearts it's not natural to love your enemies to love nope. the people that you don't look like to love the people that don't agree with you to love the people it, we live in societies now in neighborhoods we don't even know our neighbors. Yeah. We don't even have a clue. And don't want to. Yeah, like there's, like sometimes you're not going to be able to know your neighbor. Right. They're gone or whatever. Right. They work all the time. But you can at least know they're there so you can watch out your house. Right. But When we lived together, we lived together in the same neighborhood. In Mossy Oak, if things happened, yeah. We, we talked to each other in this neighborhood. Yeah, no clue. Well, and even in that neighborhood, there were people that we didn't know, but they would wave. They waved. They come in, they go out early. Wave. They talk to you if they're out in the yard and you're walking around. People we didn't know provided tables. Yeah. Especially for Andrew's party. We never knew. Yeah. Well, that was, it was hundreds of people came in this thing, too. Hundreds. And what what we have? Let's 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 talk about that. Okay. I want to talk about that. The the real way me and you met and really got our life started was our um, we lost our son to suicide. So we had a celebration of life and everything at the house, and there, there were probably a hundred people there. But when you walked into that house, there was no arguing, no fighting. No, everybody was sitting around talking, having a good time. Did you see the type of people we had there? There were there were school children, church folks, neighborhood folks, motorcycle clubs, clubs because there was more than one yeah. there, and there was a bunch of people that didn't know each other. 
But everybody, yeah. and we were out back trying to play rock and roll because you asked mm-hmm. me to. Yep, and, and you play, and it, that that was the first big thing that Dan, Sam, and I did together that was big. Yeah, and scared me to death because you said I, I want you to do this celebration wife. I was like, no, I can't do that. Right. And you were like, oh, you can. And and in a sense, every time we've played music. It has been a celebration of life right. because now people have said to me, have, have come up to me and said, I decided not to kill myself when you're playing music. And it's, 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 it's a heavy thing, dude. It is. And, and I've, I felt guilty because I knew Andrew. Yeah. And I was like, I was telling you the other day, I, I felt like, what if I'd been a, a safer guy? Maybe he'd have come over. And, you know, you start right. you're going in your mind all this stuff that you can't do nothing about and you feel horrible about. And I still do. Yeah. You know, I wasn't there. I was in another state helping people that had just lost everything because a tornado came through Hattiesburg. You know, team Rubicon. Team yeah. Rubicon. And it's like, what if I would have been home? We had just, we'd been gone all weekend already. We got back. I jumped right back on my bike and took off again. And what if I would have been home? What if I could have done that? You know, how much guilt is that? I care. Here's some guilt. And Jennifer doesn't know this. I feel relief sometimes, unfortunately, that that happened. Because I know that he's not hurting anymore. We're hurting. We're hurting tremendously. But he's not hurting. And also, (laughs) him being out of my life is not good. But there are good things about it. It's so hard to come to that. It is. Because you got to think, he's better off. We're a little better off. I, I have scars on my body from fighting with my son. Physically, hand, I mean, going at it. I have a scar on my arm from fighting with my son to keep him from doing bad things. And I don't have to do that no more. And I kill myself every day for that. Every day, I feel bad because I feel some relief that Colson's gone. It's, it's so um, like it, you know when you when you when you get down to it, like we're all taught to find good and bad. Yeah. We say that we say that to find each the, other. Find the good and the bad. Find the good, and it's like. Like, it is easier to say he's out of pain. But he was tormented, man. Uh, I talked to him a couple times. He was. I remember him trying to break rules and come over and manipulate me to break your rules. And, and like, and me going, no. <laughs> and then I'm feeling bad yeah, because, because maybe I didn't told do that. But you, but, but you can't. Because he was, he, was, he was tall. He was strong. <laughs> he wanted, he, you know, and it's like. Was going through it, man. Like I, he, I, I wondered. Like demons. sometimes when I wonder about God, why does God let a child go through that? And, and I keep coming back to, well, it's life because it, it's not. It's not just him. Right. It, he didn't go just through that. Andrew. I mean, he went through it. My yeah. wife went through it. My daughter went through it. You know, y'all went through it. Well, and our neighbors went through it because they and hundreds of kids. And maybe some parents watching this right now, yeah. 
Their kids are going, going through, through it. it. And and there's parents that are sitting there going, I, I, I feel the same thing. You know, people are afraid to say things. You know, what what's the rule in any school or whatever? There's no dumb question, which is a freaking lie. <laughs> just, just so you know. But... <laughs> But you 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 have to you have to question things and and you have to look at things and you have to figure them out and you have to make a way to make your life important because if you don't you're gonna get into a deep hole which I have been in for the last year of why am I here what am I doing. I'm 50 years old. I'll be 51. I've had a job since I was 13 years old. I've had a paying job since I was 13 years old. Every whatever. And I've worked. I've done a lot of jobs. I've provided. Now, I don't work. I, I get my VA benefits and I get Social Security. But I hate myself every day for not getting up and going to work. But I can't. I can go to work. I could do something. But there's some mornings when I wake up, it's not good for me to go out that door because of pain and anger and all this. Well, there's also yeah diabetes. Diabetes. And, yeah. and, and that was induced because of... Could be. Exposure. You know, and it's... It's hard to... It's hard to look at stuff and, and find the good in it. And it's hard to... It's hard to just get things... It, number one, it's hard to get things out of my head. Number two, when you don't try to keep moving forward, you're going to fall back. And when you fall back, you get behind, and it takes forever to catch up, right? Oh, uh, yeah. So I have fallen back. I quit running. I quit doing all this. Now my body has suffered for it. But I can't, you know, and it would take me so long to work back to where I was. So I have to learn to live in my in my limitations. And that's what, you know, and that's harder to do. But when I fell down a cliff. Uh, you, you know, uh, jumped out of a helicopter at 40 feet above the ocean and swam into the beach. I've done things that have, you know, great, wonderful, amazing things. And now I can't ride a motorcycle for an hour and I got to get off because I my body can't take it no more. And I rode to California, no, not California, Colorado, and, you know, and I can't do that no more. So you have to keep continuing to grow and change and people get stuck you know uh, what's the definition of sanity doing the thing, same thing and expect a different outcome people do that every day with their life and they don't try to change I'm trying to change and me and my wife talk all me and Jennifer talk all the time you know everybody can come in and complain but if you come in with a complaint come in with an answer you know well, isn't that some of the stuff we were talking about? Like, we're watching TV, 
and it's so easy to get stuck in non-reality mm-hmm. because it's it's not your reality. No. You're watching them easily getting angry, yeah. whichever side you're on, because both people are both angry. Like that's the outcome of watching this. Yeah. Anger. It doesn't matter if you're right or left or whatever side of the. It's especially the uh, big political arena. Oh, yeah. People are just angry and, and afraid, and don't know why. Yeah, no clue. No clue. Why are you racist? Why do you hate black people? Why do you hate black people? Ask a racist why he hates black people. Why? They don't know. Ask a racist black person why they hate white people. Well, they're, they're black. Well, they done this. No. I can't be held accountable for slavery because I never had a slave. So how can I hold somebody else accountable for something that their ancestors did? You, you can't. You have to judge every person for what's inside their heart. And, and that's, that's where, when you look at the TV... And they're doing a sound bite. And the conversation, well, you have four minutes to talk now. What are you going to say? Yeah. And then what do you see? You see 10 words. How many sound clips have you seen out of an hour and a half State of the Union address? He talked for an hour and a half. I don't even watch it. There's been about seven sound bites out of that. So out of an hour and a half, the news people are only showing you what they want, what you, they to want you to see. Fox News is showing you how bad the Democrats are. CNN is showing you how bad the Republicans are. Where is the majority of Americans? They're right in the middle going, man, just give me my money, give me my food, and leave me alone. Well, and, and there's real stuff going on, like... Like my child's hurting, or my neighbor's child's hurting, or like this kid makes a phony whatever, and the next thing we know, we got the school shut Shut down. down. We were talking about that yesterday. Just, just ridiculous. And it's when I grew up, I went to Gabby High School in Tallahassee, Florida. Graduated in 1986, 1985, hunting season. Every pickup truck. And our parking lot had at least one gun in the window in the rack. In the parking lot of the high school. And when the bell rang, all us kids that hunted, and it was, it just wasn't all the white boys with the ball caps going. It was everybody that hunted. Went out, got in their trucks, and we went hunting. I had fights in school with shotguns in the truck, and I never once thought about going out and getting that shotgun and coming back, even if I got my butt kicked. Because we were, why? I ran my mouth, he shut it. All right, good deal. Well, you, you he t- ran his mouth, I shut it, and you, it's, it's done. You said to me, you're the end of an era guy. Yeah. In the beginning of yeah, the next, next era. era. And you've seen that several times in different things. Yeah. 80s, 80s was the end of it. In the beginning of the 80s, if your kid did wrong, you beat the hell out of him. At the end of the 80s, if your kid did wrong, they beat the hell out of you. You couldn't spank your kid or you was going to jail. I mean, the 80s was it. That's when all the things started changing. Look at the military. All the Vietnam guys were going away. 
So all of them last hard charges. And then you had this new thing coming in. Non-stress basic training. All it did was make a bunch of pansies. When, what year um, What year did you join the military? I joined the Army in, I signed up in 1985 when I was 17. So I had a year of delayed entry and I actually went to basic training in 1986. Fort Benning, Georgia. And then I went to Hawaii for three years. So you'd have seen some of them Vietnam drill sergeants. We had, uh, most of my drill sergeants were Vietnam vets. And they were mean. And they were, <laughs> they were mean, but they loved you. They really did. Because they wanted to make you a soldier. And they wanted you to live. And they wanted you to do good. So they taught you hard. Now, I'm not saying... Everybody's like that. You can't teach everybody. You have to teach people the way they're teachable. You know, you learn one way, I learn another way. But they showed that this is what we learned. We're going to teach you so when you go forward, you know, and that's what we have to do in life, period. Our job is not to, as parents, our job is to teach our kids the difference between right and wrong and we need to teach our kids that taking care of other people is not a bad thing. But we do not need to hamper our kids so bad that they don't learn. And what I'm talking about in learning is learning to survive. Our daughter is brilliant. But I am scared to death that when she gets out of the house and she finally has to live on her own and do the adulting things. This is the one that's going to be a doctor. The, this is the one that's going to be a doctor. Because your other two daughters have joined the military. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we, I, and I have two more, or a year and a couple of months, and I have to have her ready to be able to, and if I don't, then I fail. But now, when she turns 18, it's on her. It's not my responsibility anymore. She's an adult. That's what they say. And she can go out and she, you know, and, you know, that was the way I was raised. I knew as far back as I can remember, I knew I was going in the Army. That's just, it's just the way it was in my house. Every one of us, um, all the brothers went in the military and the sister married in the Air Force. So you're you're really keeping this right. Yeah. He has every branch except the Marine Corps with his, his siblings. Yeah. yeah, and her brother's a Marine. So I actually... His nephew's Coast Guard. Yeah. Wow. So we, you know, this service is our life. That's how I was raised. I was raised, and my dad was a firefighter, worked for forestry, did, you know. But we were raised to give. And giving's love. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, and that's one of those. Isn't that five love languages things? Is love one of love, them? Love. Uh, and give, of giving. Of, of giving. Acts of service. Yeah. You know, and you know, I was thinking this morning, what if everybody in the world did one good deed a day? Just one. Just one. And and when I'm talking a good deed, if you're driving down the road and you see somebody's trash can trash can flipped over, stop. Pick it up. What is that going to do to you? 
It's not going to do anything to you. Well, so the point to get you, though, is if he let Goodie Bertrand post on Facebook, is what you did. Right. That is a step sets him off. Well, I mean. You don't have to tell everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. And, and, and that's it. Yeah. Because, you know, if you believe in God, you don't get any rewards on earth. Right? All our rewards are in heaven. That's what the Bible says, right? Well, that's what it, it says. Yeah. I that mean, that's why you're we're doing building it. our rewards in heaven. Now, there, there are, like, I think of it like there are good things that happen all the time, but they happen to everybody. everybody. Good, oh. bad. Yeah. The sun shines on the just and the unjust. I mean, it's. But if you just do, I mean, just one, everybody, one, there's four good deeds right here. That's four people's lives touched that might have been that special touch. And, and how many people watching this could we, and then they, they, they pass that on. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I believe, you know, people to, the, the people with the problem, the problem I have with religion, religion in, and I'm talking religion as a formal religion, the Catholic, the Baptist, the Protestants, whatever. People are preaching to be seen. They're not preaching, you know, I'm not saying everybody. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying everybody does. But you can tell. I, I used to go to a Pentecostal church. Okay. And we used to have, and we had services. where we had them jumping pews and, you know, talking in tongues and all this. But you could sit and look and you like, dude, just shut up and sit down because all you're doing is that, you know, you can tell that it's not real. I hate to interrupt, but outside is a giant snowball. Sorry. She just kept slugging. The doctor daughter is making snow. <laughs> okay, sorry. We're back. So, in the church... They're doing things that are not real. Right. You know. And it's true. And it's true. I mean, I, I'm i a reverend doctor. Yeah. I've been in the church. What you're saying is not falsehood. No. Let me ask this question. If all the churches in the United States sold everything they had, how much money would there be to give to the poor and and do what the church says it's supposed to do you wouldn't even have to sell everything no what if the the third fourth and fifth sold and the first kept the property and they all just met at different times yeah i mean come on radical we're we're messing with people's money now i'm I'm just saying where everybody just turned off You know, it's it's that simple, y'all. It really is. People make things. My father-in-law, I love the man, but you can't ask him a yes and no question. You can ask him, is the sky blue, which is a yes or no. It's going to be a 30-minute, 400-word essay on why the sky is blue. I didn't ask why the sky's blue. I asked, is the sky blue? 
You ask people, are you okay? Well, you know, man, I'm just blah. So does that mean you're okay or does that mean you're what? People don't talk anymore. Well, he does represent a good piece of the population. Oh, yeah, There's, he there's does. a bunch of people. I mean, I... People talk to be heard. And they say absolutely nothing. I'm trying to do something in here. So, um, uh, you know, this is the thing. People just, they will not stop. People just keep on and keep, and then when we lose our control, it's our fault. How is that my fault that my daughter is out there acting like a butt? How is that my fault? Do you see? Yeah. Well, okay. Sorry, now, y'all. Now, Sorry. I get that. I get that. Um. You know, and that happens to everybody. No, uh, you know. Well, she's probably excited because it's she's snowing. excited. It's snow, and it's she's snowing. from Florida, and and that's fine, and that's great. But we're having a serious conversation, right? And and we've talked about this for a few days, and she knows this is going to happen. So why, why is she doing that? Because that's what she wants to do, and she doesn't think like everybody else about other people. And how that affects other people. It's, it's hard to think about other people. It is. Oh my God, it is. But we you were, got to. We were talking about like like my progression of doing this. Yeah. Day. And you said, and I said, man, I, I have a problem interrupting. You said, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And, it, it, and I want to. Like sometimes I get excited. Because you want to talk. And you want to get the word out. Yeah. But like I said yesterday, who is this conversation about? This conversation about you and me. And it's really about, it's about them. them. And right. And that's how and you get to say for your great grandkids. Yep. You know, like this is this is like her children's children will hear this. And if and it, it's hard man, it's so difficult. And it's difficult to hear that I'm interrupting. But you can go back and look at other vet church interviews and progressively if you go to the first one to the to the last one I just did, and I'm talking less and less. Now, the last one I got excited because there was a whole bunch of people there. And they were yeah. Like, Talk a little bit. Tell us about Betcher. So I did. But it, it's still it's still a learning process. It's not easy to listen to another. No. You know, all I'm saying, nothing, nothing good's easy or what is it? Nothing worth having is ever easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. So if you want an easy life and you're going to live an easy life, I'm going to live an easy life, then you're going to sit in your house and you're not going to do anything because there ain't no easy life. I don't, if you, Donald Trump is rich. Do you think Donald Trump has an easy life? Bernie Sanders is rich. Do you think they have any, you know, I don't care. You can have all the money in the world. You're not going to have an easy life. Your life is going to be hard. Everything's going to go against you. And you're gonna get knocked down. How do you get back up? That's the question. Because you're gonna get knocked down. It's gonna happen. What's that show we were just watching? Uh oh, um, Oak Island. Yeah, yeah. They just had the torn a hurricane. Came and you, through and you were just stuff. you were just saying that about the show. Yeah. Like here are these guys that are you said they're millionaires. Yeah. And they're they're looking for this treasure and everything knocks them, them down. down. 
even with all that money. Even with all that money. But they get right back up and they go back at it. I, I've lost my son. I lost my mom. I lost my dad. I've lost buddies. I've lost animals. I, I've had a lot of loss in my life. And I could dwell on that, which I do sometimes. And I'm not saying that my life is, but I can either let all that hurt me and keep me down and all that. Or I can go, you know what? That's a part of me. It's going to go right here. That's going to always be a part of me. It's always going to hurt. I mean, losing somebody you love hurts. And it hurts bad and it hurts forever. I mean, my mom died when I was 11. I'm 50 and it's still exactly the same pain. I just deal with it differently. So you have to learn to... take these things and turn them into um, good I have to I have to take my mom's death and like I take Andrew's death like I take my dad's death they're better off they're in a better place they're you know and I have to think some good I miss them but you know you have to do that you have to make and if you and if you don't, you're just everything's gonna be bad. And if everything's bad, then nothing's good. So why are we gonna do that? Let's make good things. And you do good make good things by doing good things. You know, you you, you don't you don't get you don't recover your sleep by drinking coffee. You get your sleep by going to sleep. You don't have a good life by just walking around and, and going through life. You have a good life by being a good person and having a good life. I, I mean, that's how you do it. So you have to take all this pain and you have to learn to focus it and turn it and, and do something with it. And that takes, uh, it's taken me when I was in Desert Storm in 1990, 91. I was in Desert Storm 91. I still have nightmares sometimes about Desert Storm. You know, sometimes I, the beach, the beach absolutely drives me crazy. I can't stand the sand. Why? When, when, when we got back from Desert Storm, we came back into Fort Campbell. My dad drove up and picked me up, so that was about two days. We drove up to Chicago, saw my brother, drove back down to Florida. We got down to Florida almost a week. It was about eight days after I got back from Desert Storm. Okay. I took a shower at my house in Florida, and there was sand in the bathtub. And I've taken a shower every day since I've been about two or three, yeah. just because we didn't have. But there was still sand in there. So sand, I don't like sand. Sand just, I see. It's you pulling know, you right back to Iraq. Yep. And everything does that. Bridges. We blocked in 2004, my, my engineer platoon, we had to block bridges in Mosul to, so the infantry could do it. So anytime I drive across a bridge now, it comes back every time. Do you know how many bridges there are around here? Do you know I drive across a bridge? It, if I leave here, I'm going to drive across a bridge. Oh, yeah. You're surrounded by water on both. Yeah. So... Those are things, and I know that's going to happen, so I have to, you know. 
Today is February 7th. Probably one of the worst days of my life. But February 7th is going to come every year. There's nothing I can do about that. It's going to come. The pain's going to come. It's going to happen. But I can either sit and just suffer or I can try to do something about it. My wife can't do anything about it. He can't do anything about it. I have to do something about it. And that's where people, and that's what makes me so mad at veterans sometimes is they go in and they say, what can you do for me? That's not the question we need to ask. We need to ask, what can I do for myself so I don't have to come to you? Because when I come to you, you're not going to do anything but send me over the edge because you're going to do to me what you want to do, not what I need. You know, my pain level is off the chart. You know, I go in, they go, well, what's your pain level? One, two. Well, my one and two is, I don't know. You know, that's, you can't say. I think most everybody watching Yeah, this, they're all looking. It's feeling that way. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, think about the worst pain you ever felt. Okay, let's see. I had a big piece of scrap on the back of my leg. That kind of hurt. But you know what really hurt? When I fell off that mountain, it, you know, so it's like, how does that affect you? Yeah. And okay, so you're hurting? Well, let me give you some pain medicine. I don't want pain medicine. I want you to fix what is causing my pain. Your knees. My knees. The VA forever sat there and was like, wanted to throw pain pills out him for his knees, wanted to do injections and everything, told his, his knees were mild to moderate. They never did wait for an answer. Mm. His knees are bone on bone. Yeah. And they but just. That wasn't But it's, it's stuff like that. It's like, I don't want drugs. I don't want this. I want to be fixed. But y'all ain't going to fix me. The VA ain't going to fix you. They can't. No. There, there is no way that the VA can handle the amount of veterans that are out there. When a doctor has a 5,000 patient load, one doctor sees 5,000 patients. You get 30 minutes. And most of the time, they want you to have it about 10 minutes because they're an hour late. And and then they and all this goes on and all this goes against us, but they want us as veterans to come in, shut up, sit down, be quiet, and don't say anything. But that's not right. You know, why do we have to fight again for what we're owed? Why? Can anybody out there tell me exactly why I have to go and fight for a contract that they said they would take care of me if I got busted up fighting for this country? And they do to a point. But they give me just enough to keep me quiet. That's all they're going to give you. Now, the dudes that went to Kuwait and spent a year in Kuwait and got their big toe ran over by a big truck are screaming and hollering and they get everything in the world because they're running their mouths and asking, you know, instead of going, hey, I don't, how, how can I say this? As a NCO, your soldiers eat first. 
right? Soldier, soldier sleep before you do. So how can you get out of the military, come to the VA, scream and holler, and get everything you want while your private is sitting right next to you, not screaming and hollering, and not getting treated? But you're getting what you want because you got a loud mouth and you're yelling. But this guy is being quiet, did what he was supposed to do, is there doing what he's supposed to do, but you're not going to help him get treated. You're going to make sure you get your shit. You ain't going to worry about your treat no more. Well, and, and, and that's only one facet. It, it, it is. There's, there's, like, you walk into some VAs, and I've traveled the country, mm-hmm. and there's some at the gate, bam, and they know how to take care mm-hmm. of you. There's some veteran service officers out there who are better than mm-hmm. others at getting you help. How does that all happen? I mean, it's just, you know, like you're, you're nailing one facet there, but there's like 40 different, and then how many, wouldn't they say like of the 20 million veterans, like almost half of that don't even go to the VA. Yeah. They won't. What if they all went? Then it would just be. And they need to. I don't know what the number is anymore. I don't even know if it's 22 or, or exactly what the number is. I know 22 is the the number that we grabbed. But if you think about that, 22, 22 people a day that serve their country take their lives. But we're not going to see that in front of Congress. But we're going to see where some idiot killed a person with a gun, so we're going to make it guns are the worst thing in the world. But now, 22 a day. <coughs> you know, it just it doesn't work. And why does it make it right? It just, it, it confuses me. It, it, it does. I was a team leader. We took care of our troops. That was it. That's what, that's what you do. I'm a parent. I take care of my family. That's what I do. I'm a human being. I'm supposed to take care of other human beings. That's what I'm supposed to do. But people take care of themselves, and that's all they take care of. And well, sometimes they don't. And sometimes they don't. They don't do that very, very well. well. Right. You know, but it's... There's a lot of selfishness. Yeah, there is. But my whole question is... is Maybe y'all can answer this. Am I too simple-minded that I think everything is simple? If you open a door, rules on the barn. If you work on the, around a barn or anything. If you open it, close it. If you close it, open it. If you go through a door, you close it. If you, that's simple. Why isn't life that simple? My knees are bad. Replace them. How, how hard is that? Why... Why? Why is that so hard? President Trump won the election. The United States people said, we want President Trump as our president. For four years, everybody should have helped President Trump do the best he could as president. I don't care if it was Bill Clinton. I don't care if Freddy Krueger won the presidency. If he won, you support him. (laughs) That's the rules. Trump won, and the left went absolutely nut. 
because he won. It was kind of the same with Obama. He it was the same with Obama. The right went, went freaking nuts. And it's like, why? He's the president. The vote's done. Let's help him do the best he can. I don't care who it is. You don't have to like the person. You like the office. You you respect office. You respect the rank. There are plenty of military officers that I absolutely hated, but I respected their, their rank, and I treated them with respect. They they We had absolute idiots that could not read a map, couldn't do anything, but I still respected them. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Well, it's a... Um... It's, it's something else, baby, because when we try to love one another, you know, um, I, I think a lot of people don't get that concept. Huh. And I wonder, like, remember we were talking about, like, sometimes abused people stay with abused people. Because that's what they think love is. And, and then there's the fear aspect that you stick in where people are, are literally afraid. Yeah. And, and that's not good either. Like, how do... Um, if I look across the aisle and I see somebody that's on an opposing viewpoint, I sit down with them and I talk to them and I realize they're really afraid. What can I do to alleviate their fears? How can I love them? How can I care for them? Uh, these, in the, I don't think, think they're general answers. I think these are the kind of questions that everybody ought to ask because like the way you'll receive love and the way I can give love is going to be different than the 90,000 people out there. Right. Everything. And that, and that's what people need to understand. There's four people sitting right here in this room right now. If something happened, there is four descriptions of a, if a person ran through, through that door and ran out that door, there'd be four descriptions of the person. They'd be different. We'd see different things because we see different stuff. I'll give you an example of how people see things and then they can't see other. I had this guy that was in Virginia when I was in Virginia National Guard. He was a hunter. We could drive down the road at 80 miles an hour and he could look in the woods and he could point out deer. We get to Iraq. We're going out on a mission. We're driving down the road. He's my gunner sitting in the Humvee. We're sitting at a light because at this time we had to stop at lights, which was the stupidest thing we ever did. And this dude steps around the corner and starts shooting at me, you know, shooting at the Humvee. And he's just standing up there. I'm like, dude, do you not see this guy over here with a gun? He's like, oh, I didn't notice him. I'm like, dude, you can see a deer 2,000 miles away, but you can't see this dude with a gun shooting, breaking my window. I didn't see him. It's like, I, but, but he can see a deer, but he can't see a bad guy. Now, I can see the bad guy, but I can't see a deer. Does that make his vision better, you know? Well, and it, it's it's just, it, it's, that's a pretty good picture of where we're at as a nation. Yeah. I'm going to say this, and all y'all probably going to get off the thing. I, I'm sorry. This might make we're me here. the end of it. We're here. If as long a, as there's no N-word or C-word. If an African-American walks up to me and asks me, if you look at me, what do you see? What am I going to say? I see a black guy. 
That's, that's what I see. Is, is that wrong? Okay. Um, I see a colored person. I see, you know, what am I supposed to do? You're asking me what I see, and I'm telling you what I see, but what am I supposed to, you know? Now, until he, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Until you open your mouth or until you show who you are, I can't tell what you are by looking at you. You're just a person. You're just a person. Yeah. You're a man. I'm a man. That's a woman. That's a woman. If you're wearing a dress and you have on high heels and long hair and breasts, you're a woman. That's, that's. Now, if you're a man dressed like that, I will call you a woman. And if you that's the way you want to live, that's fine today. I'm good with it. I worked in a prison. We called all the little, we called them girls. Just, you know, that's what they wanted. Why was that wrong? What makes that? Because when I went home to my house, they didn't come to my house with me. They were over there, so they're not hurting me over here. That's where everybody gets crazy. You know, oh, my God, they're doing this in New York. Yeah, they're doing that in New York, and that's going to set precedence. But I live in Clarksville, Tennessee. These people in Clarksville, Tennessee, don't think the same as those people in New York. Well, that's and that's where everywhere well, I've gone, there has been unique differences of opinion. Like we were uh, at a friend's house and we were talking about music, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I drive through, I drive all over Texas, and I don't hear the same Spanish music because it's Texas. Music is what I was explaining to, mm-hmm. and it's it's different than Spanish music, and then Shakira is different than Mexican music, music and, and, and blah, 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 blah blah. And and I don't I don't know that all the differences are wrong. Yeah, I I feel like I I really like uh, I always refer to Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I, I might have lost okay. a few people yeah. just right there, but. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes the comedians are the ones we ought to look to for some guidance. Sometimes because they tell the truth. And uh, Dave Chappelle, in his last thing, Sticks and Stones, looks at the audience at America yeah. at the camera and, and says, "Y'all are, you've lost it." Yeah. And yeah. and he says things that are offensive on on all over the place, and he's like, "It's just words. What's wrong with you people?" And now I won't say some of that stuff. Yeah. And and we can't because they'll shut this thing down. <laughs> but he points that out that they were doing that to him when he was doing the Chappelle show. Yeah. And and now that he's you know, he's got multi millions mm-hmm. and, and, and and we're trying to make a difference on a smaller <laughs> scale without almost any money at all. So it's it's like I gotta kinda be careful, but I will say that uh what you're saying was right in line with what Dave Chappelle was saying. Yeah, and I'm, I'm. If if y'all want to like really dig into that, just I'm sorry that it's a uh, he used foul language, and if you're on vet church, you're you're probably accustomed to some foul language. <laughs> I've done pretty good so far. I, I admit myself. <laughs> yes, you have, sir. <laughs> Me too. Like, I'm, I'm, well, and, and because when I look at when I think about the love of Christ. In the military, like the F word, is not a bad thing. No. But I realize we're not in the military right now. So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to show this love of a, of a God that I believe in that says, um, 
all this fear that people are experiencing. And we talked a lot about this. Yeah. Because people are afraid, man. Like they're, we're, they're we're terrified. Not, yeah, we're not we're not talking like both sides of the gun issue. At the end of the day, both people want to live in a safe community, a place where where, where love abounds. They're not, it, it, at this level down here, we're hitting heads over how to get to love. And um, and I'm really, you know, as you know, I look at, I look at being a reverend doctor and my calling and the, and the commissioning of that. And I think to myself, Dave, we're, we're stuck. Well, we are stuck. And if you look at the Bible, you know, uh, and they say today, you know, the Bible was wrote by man, right? They penned it, yes. They penned it. God inspired. God inspired. They penned. So, it's still wrote by man. So, there's going to be mistakes in it. Just because man makes mistakes. But just because there make there's mistakes in it, doesn't make it wrong. Well, I, I would say the mistakes are in the interpretation, right? No, well, I that's wouldn't say the mistakes were in in the inspiration. No, it's not in the inspiration; it's yeah. an interpretation. Because, because if I stood up there and read something to you, do you mind if I go get a Bible real quick? Yeah, yeah, go pull the pull the pull the pull thing off. I'll and I'll talk for a second while you're going. Okay. And, and I, I think this is this is interesting to me that we can sit here, and um, and you know I've got all this education and I believe in the infallibility of the Word of God, and I also believe in the fallibility of mankind, and I love it that 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 David, I, I, we I, we didn't even talk about talking about this, <laughs> which is most of what we do here. Yeah. It's, it's this is genuine or authentic conversation. So I'm gonna read you my favorite. Bible verse. Proverbs 31. The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that is it? Let me make sure I have the right one. Okay. So I'll go down. Um, 31 and 31 3. Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes to Strong, strong drink, right? Um, least they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted, right? That's what it says. Kings don't drink. Princes don't drink, right? And, and every church in this town will tell you don't drink, right? Well, many of them. Many of them. Many of them. You gotta, right. You got to go with many of them. Cause many of them. There's many folks them. like me in that <laughs> church and some others would be like, well, Look, I'm moderation. talking Baptist and the yeah, yeah. And Muslims. You're not supposed to drink as a Muslim, Muslim. right? Seventh-day Adventist. Yep. Yes, sir. Okay, so here we go. Proverbs 31 and 6. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish. And wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. It says in the Bible, in Proverbs, to get drunk. Does it not? Is that not what those words mean? And see, now please, that, that would please. be, that would be one interpretation. Look at that and interpret it. Please. That's what it says. Is it not? 
Remember no more. That means drunk. That means drunk. Well, we'll, I would think. But and you, and and the weird thing about this is, it's as many like, as many interpretations as there are. We can look right now and say, I mean, your wife's a nurse. Yeah. How many thousands of people are afflicted with alcoholism? Afflicted, afflicted. man. I mean, right. and 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 it's illegal to smoke a little herb. See, I mean, and but what it is is anybody can take anything, and I can build a church. I can take this Bible, take that verse, and build a church that called Jack Daniels. I appreciate Jack Daniels would be, but I'm saying, <laughs> you know, and and that's what the problem because that's the way I read it, so that's what I'm going to interpret. But is that really what it says? I see. I see where you're going, yeah. and that's a man. That's a that. That's one of the things. As I was growing up, and I went downtown to Little Niceville, Florida, and I saw the different churches, and I sat in my church and heard the pastor talking bad about the other churches. churches. That I realized mm-hmm. that I, then I went, you know, and that's why I go in vet church, and I go to that when Christ's looks at his disciples and he says the new commandment I give you that you love one another how do you know you're my disciples you love no, one another no. and then I started taking that paradigm of love and I started applying it to people like you say you're a Christian you know let me see your love and, I, and I, I've always appreciated you remember the band U2 yeah so this is this is a story somebody told me about them and uh, somebody that would have known because thanks to my music world now I've, I've talked to some people that know some things and uh the one guy said that early on they were asked why don't you why don't you call yourself a christian band and they said oh no the early the early christians never called themselves christians that was everybody looking on them saying they're christians we want to live such a manner that you see christ in us which whether it be the appropriate time to drink there's an appropriate time for sure. And when there's when it's time to stand up and say, hey, maybe we should have been voting for legal marijuana. I mean, look at look at PTSD. You've got PTSD, uh-huh. I've got PTSD. Um, when I'm in Colorado. And and, and the hemp helps a little yeah. bit. I mean smoking it, it that does. hemp. C B D that that, that C B D helps a little. But when I get to Colorado and I can get some THC or Illinois mm. and those places and when they pass a law in Florida, they passed the law the day my mother died on November eighth. Um, man, that was uh, in that you know I was out voting when she passed away. Yeah, the cancer got her that day, and man, like how, that's what helped me get off all the opioids. That's what helped me get off all that other crap. Was was Boy, marijuana? We, marijuana is is for me. It's been a it's been a lifesaver, and now I'm a, I'm I I am a criminal. I do buy marijuana in Tennessee, which is against the law. But come but, get, but I, you're I not buying it here. It's not at the house. Come get me. But you're not doing it here at the house, which is important. Oh, okay. I'm not doing it here at the house. But <laughs> you know you're not. Yeah. I yeah. mean it's 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 important because. 
you know, it, it, you know we talked about that yeah. because, um, you know, that's one of the things that mm-hmm. you said this morning. You would have been, you'd have felt more relaxed right. if you could have smoked. Yeah. And but you can't, you can't do that at your house. You can't, you can't flaunt the law. No, you guys no. can't do that. Either. You can't. I mean, it's it's important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know we want to. Want the law to change, and and we do, and, and I'm trying. I'm trying to write letters to congressmen. And I'm yeah, and we all got to do that. It, yeah. But that's that's a weird thing. Like you sign that paperwork, you go off to war, and people ask me, "What do I think about the government?" I don't think about the government. I didn't think about it when I was in, in the mm-hmm. army. I obeyed. We are we're the servants of the we the people. We are. And, and I am. I've I've been a servant all my life. Every job I've ever had has been some kind of service. Driving trucks, delivery, working in a prison, working for forestry, working in the army, working as an EMT, working as a whatever. Hey, for 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 can we can we jump into that real quick? For, for, for six months you drove for, for Garth Brooks, for six man. Months I drove for Garth Brooks. Um, I was driving for First Fleet. And we leased drivers to Garth Brooks. One of their drivers had an appendicitis, and they flew me out, and I got his truck, and I drove the rest of the, I drove until he got out of the hospital and got back and everything. That was that was awesome. Last concert I did was his, uh, um, the one in Central Park. We did Central Park in New York in '98. You know what? I'd like to see Garth Brooks run for president. Man, I would vote for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Me too, man. Huh. He he said he can't run because of Australian birth, but Garth could. Yeah, Garth. I'd vote for, for um Colin Powell. I wish I Colin, really wish Powell Colin Powell would run for run. president. You know, I wish he would. So one of the one of the guys that um I was a chapel assistant. Yeah. And now I'm about to tell a story, which you know, <laughs> but but it's about Colin Powell, yeah. really. Oh, that's cool. The the first chaplain, I, I, the priest I served yeah. as a chaplain assistant, I just worked for him on Sunday, Father Blickham, and he had bought Colin Powell's first, you know, when you get your dress blues yeah. and then you you change them out because they don't give that. You no, see so many of those uniforms, they bought, bought that. That's yeah. expensive. And he had bought Colin Powell's uniform, his uh, used Ooh, one. one. Oh, wow. Oh, man, it was awesome. <laughs> David was, and it's like, I just you know, Colin Powell be a great, guy. and there's, you know, why Colin Powell be a good guy? Colin Powell loves people. He does love people. He does. He loves his troops. You know, General Schwarzkopf. He loved his troops. Yep. Oh my God, President Bush loved his troops. Obama, Obama didn't care. And I'm not saying that as Democrat Republican. I'm just saying he did not have. That I saw the praise for the servants in America. Well, now I'll say this, and I and this is one of the reasons I really liked him. Yeah, I saw him on the ground in Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, like, and he came by and like shook everybody's hand, and I thought that. So that was like uh, I know he didn't do a lot of the photo op stuff, right? But I know he did that because I sat there, yeah. and he was a senator at the time. It was even before he'd made it. And, and like, I, I, when I look at a presidency, man, I think to myself that all them guys are under a huge amount of stress. Oh, 
you can look at them. They age the first year. Oh, they yeah, age all 10 of them, years, man. Like, every one of them. and all the all the congressmen, congresswomen, senators, sen- you know, uh, the representatives. Um, we were approached while I was in Florida to to do like representative stuff, and I said, somebody seen my picture, and they. Yeah. They thought, you know, this is back when I was all looking clean cut. They're like, <laughs> they're like hey, you ought, to, you ought to do this. And I said, uh, I, I, first of all, I'm ordained. Yeah. I, I, if, if I feel like I want to serve, I should serve in this capacity. Right. And and I'm back. I'm serving. But yeah. it's not, um, when you think about them guys, all of them, uh, you know, Reagan loved the troops. Clinton loved the troops. Yeah. Um, Clinton killed <laughs> Good old Bill, man. He's, dude, uh, like. My dad voted for Bill twice. Did he? Yep. <laughs> old Bill Clinton. He, he was he like. Voted, this is no lie. He voted for him the second time. Six months later, he bought a Rush Limbaugh shirt. <laughs> How about, I guess Rush is still around, I hear. Yeah, Rush is still around. I, when, I, when I worked with the Mennonites, man, um, you know, I almost became a Mennonite. Yeah. They. They listen to Rush religiously to guys I was with every day. So I'd hear him, one arm tied back. I thought to myself, this is the most, here I'm with this very humble Christian group, right? Like, this is when I started seeing contrast. Yeah. And here's one of the most error to get, like, with one arm tied back, behind my back. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, but, like, it's, you know, it, I started seeing these contrasts, like, um, we say one thing and we do another. We do one thing and we say another. Mm-hmm. It's entirely impossible to be perfect. Weren't, weren't you saying something about like, yeah, this yeah. ain't heaven. This, this ain't heaven. You, you, you're you not going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. No. There was only one perfect man. And that was it. Yeah. Everybody else is flawed. Well, even like you, you think about, you just think about the whole story of Christianity, of God coming down here and being one of us what a nightmare <laughs> chance of kidney stones yeah it's coming your way yeah I mean you came out you were God you came down here on earth and you could catch a cold and die a cold a cold can kill you yeah and like and we're worried about the uh, Dos Equis virus yeah like <laughs> like it's um no I'm, I'm sorry, Dos Equis. I love, I love that stuff. Uh, like, <laughs> with a side of Lyme disease. Yeah, oh, like, Can I have a canary? Lyme virus like a coronavirus. It's 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 weird how how empowered we are right now. We're like, making a difference. Well, this is, and and this is like here's here's one. Guy, I'm one ordained minister who didn't feel like he fit back in anywhere. Redeemed, in a lot of ways, through music, through y'all's, it, it, the, through a loss, huge loss. When you guys came to me and were like, we want you to play this thing. Jen, that, that still bothers me. That, that like... At that point, I said, no, I can't. I can't. I can't do a celebration of life. And you were like, yes, you can. And you, because you come to me, and then you kind of looked looked over at David, and David was like, no, you're going to do it. 
And I was like, okay. And that's, I mean, like. And you did it. And it was great. Yeah. Perfect. It was perfect. And it's exactly what. Well, it's who I was supposed to be. And I couldn't see who I was supposed to be. I needed you to see that for me. Just like sometimes we need to look at other people and see the beauty in them. Yeah. And then, and then like, I got a cell phone sitting here with a $600 piece of equipment or five, I don't know what it is. A couple hundred dollars, two $20 tripods, beat up old truck. Now we do got them. RV with a bathroom, baby. <laughs> nice bathroom. After a year living in a minivan. <laughs> and uh, what we sold those nice house out of that great community where we met y'all. And, yeah. um, and, and you know, there's a few people that help pay for gas. And yeah. and we're making a difference. You know what that tells me? Yeah. That everybody here, here, there, everybody can make a difference. You know, like, as a nurse, you make a difference every single day. Like, no matter, like, in the, you know, the yeah. hospital can feel weird. Like, I've worked in hospitals. They're, they're, but there's there's these people there. They, they come in, they see a good nurse, and they're like, oh, man, I'm not afraid next time. Somebody loved me. Like, I got cared for. That. Like, when I went down to the hospital, I sat there for six hours uh, to do the little nose swab. Army medicine. You know. <laughs> but... It, but I kind of knew it was coming. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah. I went but, to the ER and I said, and it was great that they said I didn't have the flu. Yeah. Because I didn't want to sit here with you and then you get the flu and then, you know, we didn't want that. So you got a cold, take your stuff. If I can do this with almost nothing, what can we do together? Just back to your one little thing a day. I, I love your little challenge there, you know. Yeah. One, one, one good thing a day. That's that's it. And, and let me tell you how you'll feel if you go out and you do one good thing. Oh, man. Oh. oh. Movie, the movie. Scrooged. Scrooged. Bill Murray makes that big speech at the end of it. And one of the things man. he says is you need to go out and you need to do something to make life better. Don't sit and wait for people to come make your life better. You go out and you make it better. And that's what I've done. Since 2005, I've tried to make my life better. Failed a few times. Trust me. But I keep up and I keep going. And my life is getting better. I have a a wife that I love and loves me. And if I'm not close to her, I don't feel good. I literally... I wasn't supposed to move up here until we sold the house. I was down there about three weeks, and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going. Emily got out of school, and I was like, I'm done. I I can't be away from her because she makes me feel good. You know? So why are you not going to do something that makes you feel good? Why are you going to do things that make you feel bad? If it makes you feel good to go out and drive like an idiot and cut people off and talk on your cell phone and text while you're sitting next to a motorcycle running into his lane and running him off the road, if you think that's good, then you're wrong. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. I'm, I'm sorry. You've got to have purpose. You have to have purpose. And the Bible. And God and 
everybody, you know, everybody wants God to use them in great ways. Oh, God, use me. And let, no, God, let me do what you want me to do. And it might be that I am to be at Walmart tomorrow at one o'clock and I walk through a door and I look at a person and I say, hey, man, have a good day. You look, you know, I like your hat and walk past them. Well, I just did God's will. That person just had somebody be nice to him, and he was going to walk out that door with them bullets in his pocket, walk to his car, and blow his brains out. But now he's not. Mm-hmm. And God used me to stop that. Now, did I know? No. Do I need to know? No. Does anybody else need to know? No. I just did what I was supposed to do. That, that's, that's it. Please, and if any of y'all have questions, I will answer any question you ask me. You might not want to ask it if you don't want the answer, because I will tell you, and I'm not afraid. And it's not that I'm afraid to tell you, it's I want you, I want to be a light for you so you can move forward and you can go out and you can help people. Well, I I think you've always been honest, even when you were, maybe I considered you wrong or something you were still honest and true to yourself right straight up I mean you you, that's one thing that like in the four years I've known you um whether or not you you were right you believed you were right and that was it and and man it's not wrong to believe in yourself and it's and it's not wrong to be wrong it's wrong if you're wrong and you don't change that's when it's wrong. I've been wrong on a lot of things, and people have told me I'm wrong, and I looked at it, and I go, you're right. I ain't, I am wrong. You're right. How many people will do that? Not many. Because, oh, no, 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 no. You know, it, it, Donald Trump, they should take his freaking phone away from him. <laughs> the man should not tweet. It, He's the president of the United States. Don't freaking tweet, dude. Just don't. But he's going to do it, and he's going to, you know, that's how I feel. Nancy Pelosi, don't tear up a speech. Just don't do it. You know, if, if, be the, if you have such a problem with Trump, go into Trump's office and tell him, I have a problem with you. This is the problem I have. What can we do about it? Well, and, and, you know, like I, we got to move away from that area. I understand. We got to move away from that. I understand. Um, because, simply, we're not there. Right. And and, 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 and and there's so many people mad about that stuff. Right. On both sides. Right. And, and, and ultimately, at the end of the day, where I mean, like, you can, I think everybody's angry. Yeah. On some level or another because, good lands, guys. Um Real, yeah. But you're right, they're not working together. We're not together, working together. Work together. And it's it that's what we're supposed to do. That's what makes this country great. It's not making example for the youth to do better. Who's our example? Who's who's the example? I'm about to show my age. When we used to watch NFL at halftime, every half it didn't matter if it was Sunday, Monday, why we well, I think we only had Sunday and Monday. They didn't have football seven days a week back then. But on the commercials, what you saw were the football players 
out with United Way. That was the big one. They were always doing stuff for United Way. Big things, huge things. Giving money, giving, you know, going to camps and doing all this stuff. That's what the NFL players were doing. What are they doing today? They're killing people. They're doing drugs. They're tattooed up, got long hair. I'm telling you right now, yeah, if like, I was playing I like football with you hair, and you had that long hair hanging out of the back of your helmet, I would rip your head off because that's what I would grab. And there ain't nothing you could say about it because you got that hair hanging hey, now, out. Now, I know you didn't watch this last one. No, I don't. But the, uh, they started out with a thing on yeah, Johnny you Cash. About that. that was pretty cool. Man. But I, here, here we go. Johnny Cash. Let, 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 let's talk about that. Let's talk about this last Super Bowl. And we're going to talk about good and peace and love. Did the NFL do that commercial at the beginning of that NF, the, the Super Bowl? Yeah. Did they do that out of love for the soldiers in America, or did they do that to appease the people to keep them coming to play football? Or coming you to see, I don't, I don't know, but what I do know is I felt love for America. You felt love. I did. Because you feel love for America. Well, yeah, and I, I don't think yeah. there's any way of watching that. And not, and not feel, feeling that. Yeah, there is. No, well, I mean, you, you could say yeah, it, was, it was in response to something else. No, that there are plenty of people that sit and watch that commercial with them singing that beautiful song and hated it. Absolutely hate it because they hate America. And they cannot tell you what America is. America is not a country. America is not anything but a feeling and a notion. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. There's I mean, there's a notion that we, as a people, can have love and take care of each other. That's what America was founded on, was it not? Well, in, in the, we, in we the freedom. Our religion. Even the freedom to disagree was there. Was there. Yeah. And I, I love, I, you know, I've been in enough countries to know that this country is where I want to. I don't want to be in a nursing home over in Europe. Sorry. I want to yeah. be in a nursing home in America, even as bad as that we talk about it. <laughs> like, and it's, I want to be here love. right now. And it's that love. It's the love we have. It's the love I have for you. It's the love I have for my family. It's the love I have for my country. It's the love I have for every human being. And I don't care. I'll give you an example of how we should love each other. In World War One, one of the bloodiest wars, worst wars in the world, the Americans, British, or the British and the Germans came together on Christmas and traded and shared and cared for each other and 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 sank and drank and and then they went back to fighting. Okay. I have fought in night. In 2004, I was sitting in Baghdad. I was in the chow hall, and Russian Spatsna walked in and sat down with us. I spent my whole career shooting a red star on a green dummy. That's what I shot. That was our target, was Russians. And here I am sitting, talking to them. And they're great dudes. And we found out that we had all sorts of stuff in common. Ten years ago, we would have killed each other. You know, if 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 people 
can have such hatred and violence and train and, you know we were trained to kill each other that was it that's you know like they said all we do is shot white stars literally they said they had white stars and we had red stars and now we're together well, we're apart again now but we did and it's like why can't why can't I get along with my neighbor why can't I get along with the people across the street if I can get along with a Russian Spetsna who has spent years learning how to kill me and I can sit and have lunch with him and have a good conversation and shake his hand and give him a hug when I leave now I'm, I'm confused about the dates. You said... Oh, 2004. 04. I was in Baghdad. Okay. I thought it was... In... I was I was over in 1991 in the original Desert Storm. Okay. And then I went again in 2004. Dude, I didn't know National that. Guard. Yeah. You done two of them. Yeah. Um, in 2004, I was blown up in the chow hall um, on the res when the suicide bomber came in there. I just walked into the chow hall. As a matter of fact, you can watch that on YouTube, and YouTube will not take it down. We have asked them. But you can watch my chow hall get blown up. And you, I, I can pull it up on YouTube right now. It's their video. It's their, it's the insurgents video of them blowing up our chow hall. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yep. What we'll do is we'll post a, uh, why don't we post a link to it later? Okay. We'll post. Uh, and we've asked them to take it down. And it's like, dude, you were showing Americans being killed in their chow hall. And everybody will tell you, it was a suicide bomber. He walked in and he blew it. No, he did not. He walked in, he got a tray, he went, sat down, he took his vest off, he laid it down, he ate his meal, and he walked out the door. You, and then it blew. You know what's crazy? So we might put up a, a link to it, right? Yeah. And Facebook might censor the link. Because Facebook cares a little more about that stuff. Yeah. I've seen people put some really graphic stuff yeah. up, and, and Facebook was like, no, 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 we don't need to see that. Yeah. Which You, you, you see the bomber. You see them talking about it. You see a, a perfect drawing of our jaw. And then you see from a Mennonite uh, spire with a, yeah. you know, the mosque. They're sitting in that mosque filming it. And you see the chow hall blow up and everything. And then they drive by and you can see it. Good thing, dude. And I just walked in there and got now. Now, here's, this is how small the world is. Key West with Wounded Warrior Project, which they will not give you money. Don't ask Wounded Warrior Project for money. They will help you deal with your problems. Empowerment. They empowerment. They do not give money. That's not what they do. So stop asking them for money and then hating on them because they don't give you money. That's not what they do. That's not what they do. Now, I will tell you, they will help you out if you start doing their stuff and you're going through their programs. They will help you out. But you have to go. You have to go do the right thing, then they'll help you. You know what's weird about that? Like, for a while, because of you and uh, Dan, both of y'all have done stuff with Wounded Warrior yeah. Project. And I was angry. I'm like, you're going to spend $500,000 on a vacation? <laughs> Screw y'all. <laughs> and I was, ang I was so angry. And then Dan said to me, he's like, Matt, you realize that not everybody's that way. And then you said to me, Hey, this one over here helped me, and this, and it was lower level people that are yeah. that are in the ground anyway. It's just like the military, the government, whatever it is. It's easy to cast stones at the people on the top, and, and but without the people at the, that's it. Without the people mm -hmm. at the top from 
whoever they are in whatever you, you get stuck and, and you helped me see that that you know, I showed up at the house the other day to see you and you had on a vet church hat and a wounded warrior shirt mm-hmm. yeah yep. and you told me that yep wounded warrior saved my life Team Rubicon has done great things for me and the Infidels Motorcycle Club was tremendous in my recovery I remember I remember when you went through and, and joined the club and um and we went on one ride together, not mm-hmm. with the club, but I yeah. I rode with y'all rode one time, Alabama. and it freaked me out. I was like, I can't ride with those people. Um, <laughs> can't ask me about it. I was like, I, I can't do it. I can't do that. Um, <laughs> we did a poker run, the the last suicide run we did. So we're sitting and getting lined up. I think we had like 60, 70 bikes, and these people showed up on mopeds. They were on mopeds. Vespas. From Emerald Cuss Harley. It was hilarious yeah. when they were pulling out. So you see all these bikes. Whoa. And then they were in the back. They were in the back. They, they, they didn't even make first stop. But because. But it was awesome. But it was all, you know, and it's like, they're out there. They're out, they're out there. Key West. Yeah. Warrior, Key West. Well, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Wind Warrior Key West. We're down there. Um. Couple of us, see, we were we were mentors. Were we mentors on that one? And uh, sitting there talking to this guy, we're just sitting there talking. He's from Puerto Rico, and his name is David. His name is David. <laughs> he was in the chow. He was with me and him were in the chow at the exact same time. And there was an truck driver who had been there at the same, same time, time as well. And nobody knew that they were all together. Yep, we were all together. And his name is David C. I don't want to put his last name out there. Yeah, yeah. And it was, and because he and his wife were also mentors on different stuff, they would get the two Davis confused also. <laughs> but it's awesome, like, man. you know, well, I, like that confused me for a minute. And um, I, you said something yesterday, and I thought, we talked about a lot of stuff yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And should have recorded yesterday. I know we could, it could have like, <laughs> well, we Maybe dug a GoPro, in. just walk around with a GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt him. <laughs> You know, I, I feel so lucky sometimes because because I get to see people changing. Mm-hmm. I get to see my country changing. In the end, you know, when the the colonel came to me and said, "Now this isn't this is not relief for cause, but I want you to step down mm-hmm. and don't talk, and you're going to any war, and you leave soldiers alone." I'm not leaving soldiers alone. I'm still here with soldiers, yeah. and and I'm still listening. And I'm still caring, and I'm still a chaplain. And vet church is real, and you can you can people are yeah. taking communion with me on Sundays, and they're hearing hope. And I'm not just gonna walk off and and let the country go to crap. Not my tribe. No. Not I'm, not as long as I can breathe. And I think yesterday you said something about like I have to keep going. It's it's important for yeah. us. We have to. We. Somebody has to do something. Vet church. Vet church should explode because I don't care. All I see is a phone. I don't see a face. I don't see a sex. I don't see anything. All I see is a phone and there's other veterans and other people on the other side of that phone that need help. I can help you. 
but I gotta help myself first so I can help you. You've gotta you gotta heal yourself before yeah. you can heal somebody else. Well and the guy from Black Rifle Coffee, I'd written him that song early in the beginning. I went up there and and uh and and I went in and, and I got to sit down and talk with him a little bit and and um the guy said Make sure, chaplain, that you always say that you're helping people help themselves. Because yeah. <clears throat> we don't need help. We'll help ourselves. We need help helping ourselves. And that's true. We need the tools. Yeah. Give us the tools. Because you we'll helped me it. help myself when you were like, you're going to yeah, do that celebration of life. You didn't know that I would carry that to open mic after open mic and my own shows and the last no honky talk stuff. And we're celebrating life. Operation song. Operation. Operation song. Did you meet Bob Reagan and, and doing that song with him? Greatest. One of the good she things I did. Opened up with things I had never heard. And that song, I think the video, I did a video of that song. I think it's on mm-hmm. on our, uh, if you go to vetchurch.com, you go down through the videos. Yeah. If, yeah. if it is, Kate, we'll definitely post a link to that. Bob, Bob's it. He's, he's Bob's on there right now? He's singing the song on the video. Yeah, yeah. Bob's singing yeah, Bob's, it, and you wrote it. You sat right there sat in that right church. Right. He wrote it. I just gave him ideas. Yeah, but we wrote it. Together. It's a co-write. It's a like it's you know like here's a guy that has man. I'd love to do one of these with Bob Reagan. Oh, uh, he has his last uh, Roy Rogers' last album. It's got a Bob Reagan song on it, and then he's done all those number ones and. He's inspired people all over the country. Operation Song's a great thing. It is. And, and my song's a good song. It is. It, you know, um, I can't remember what the name of it is. I can't either. <laughs> PTS. Life's easy. No, war's easy. War's easy. Mm-hmm. You wake up in the morning, you live, and you go to bed. That's all you got to do. We talked about that yesterday. Yep. Where was the easiest place I've ever lived? Mosul, Iraq. All I had to do was get up, go to bed, and survive. That's all I had to do. Now, a lot of things you entails that, but that's all I had to do. That was an easy life. Wake up, go to bed. And it might have been I've been waking up at midnight and going to bed at 2 in the morning, you know. But that's, that's all you do. That's all you do in combat is you survive. And you keep your buddy alive, and, and that's it. Can I ask you a question about yeah. war? Yeah. What was it like? You went over there in Desert Storm, right. and you came back in 2004. Right. At one point, did you say you were a part of Sports Class 100? Was that you? What? Sports Class 100. The 100-hour battle? Yeah. Yeah. That, I was with the 101st. Okay. I made it, the, I was in the made, largest air assault ever done. Okay. So I, I might have got the thing, yeah. the saying mixed up a little bit. Um, what was it like coming back? The, the two from the 2004 two. to 90, 91. 91 to 2004. Um, our living conditions in 91 sucked. We lived in Bedouin tents, crappers, you know, burning the crap and all that stuff. Um, MR, mostly we ate MREs or T-Rats. Um, there was a couple of little places around, like little Haji shop, sort of little places around that the locals developed and you know you'd go in and you'd buy chicken and you'd look at the chicken on the grill and you'd look up and you could it looked like the roof was moving 
because of all the flies. But that chicken was so good. <laughs> so good. B- because we ate MREs. But, you know, I was in a couple of little firefights. <laughs> Nothing. Flipped to flipped 2004. <laughs> Air-conditioned barracks, showers, food, everything. Fought pretty much every day. Got mortared or rocketed every day. And if I went outside the wire, we pretty much got shot at every day. So if you could take the living conditions from 2004 and put with the fighting conditions of 91, I'd, I'd still live there. <laughs> Just saying. Well, you, but, but that was the difference. You told me that. In, um... And the difference in the people, that's, the, that's where you see the huge difference. Was, it, was that a lot? It was a lot. It was funny. I was in the National Guard, so, of course, National Guard's a little more lax. We are. So we're over there, and we were attached to the um, strikers, second ID, the first strikers over there. We were attached to them, and we were over at the PX, and we're sitting in our Humvees and everything, and I got all these privates and Joes. And the strikers pull in, and the grunts are getting out and everything, going to the PX. Well, some private came out, and he, he threw his rifle back into the, you know, he unclipped his rifle and just tossed it onto the bench in the yeah. strike. NCO, you know, which of course you throw your weapon. And it's, man, this dude came off the top of the strike, just locked him up. And this little spec four sitting next to me, he's like, man, if a sergeant ever got in my face like that, I'd punch him. <laughs> and I looked at him like, what? He said, yeah. I was like, no, dude. You would, he would shoot you. You don't realize. No, he will. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you right now. I watched an NCO pull a rifle and stick it in a dude's face and say, if you don't get up, I'm going to shoot you. Because that's what we had to do. That's that's the way it was in 91. We had to do go crazy. I mean, this dude. 94, not 91. No, 91. In 91, we had a guy go nuts. He just, I don't know, he lost it. My platoon sergeant walked over to a few of us, said, y'all take him. Go behind the berm, talk to him. All right. Took him behind the berm, me, two other E5s. Or I was a corporal, two E5s took him behind. We talked to him. He came back. He was good to go. How did we talk to him? Water walls counseling. You ever heard of that? I have. You have? Wall locker counseling, you know, and that's how we counseled him. And he came back and he did great. He was good. That's a rough, it's a, it's a it's, rough world. Right. It's like, I think the movie's called Full Metal Jacket. Jacket. <laughs> and, and, and that's it. You know, when you're back over here in the States as a soldier or as a sailor, as a Marine, you know, if you mess up, no big deal. We, we redo it, we learn again. When you go into combat, if you mess up, somebody dies. Period. So... Why are you going to train over here and let stuff go by so when they get over there, they die? And that goes for life, period. How are you not going to teach your kids to survive? And if you don't think you're not teaching your kids, if you're driving down the road and your kid's sitting in the back looking at their phone and not looking out that window, they're missing the world because the world is not in this phone. It's outside that window. 
You 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 can learn. You can see. Well, it's a tool. Yeah, it's a tool. You know, I can look on here and 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 perfect example. I've seen snow in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah you were showing my me personal that. self. I've seen snow on a mountain in Hawaii. Every one of y'all that's out there looking, go. It does not snow in Hawaii. Yes, it does. It snows on top of the mountains. Those mountains are ten and eleven thousand feet. It snows in Hawaii on top of the mountains. Good snow, big snow. But people don't realize it, and it's like, well, if you would go to Hawaii and you would talk to a Hawaiian, they tell you, yeah, it snows in Hawaii. But people, you know, they look at it. Yeah, it's just there's so much neat stuff out there that people don't know, and they won't go look. That's that's one of the things I've tried to like by driving around. While I was driving around, I started realizing that people ought to get out and go see. As a veteran, you get every veteran gets a free pass to every national park. Most states offer something to the state parks. Yep. Um, I've showed up to places and they're like. Oh, you're, you know, whatever. And they've let me in, and I didn't have the pass. Yeah. I mean, I I have a retired yeah, ID yeah. card, and, you know, yeah. and I can tell them about it, and I can show them my little disability thing. Um, And you can go, every veteran can go down to the VA and get a veteran ID card, even if you're not retired. Mm-hmm. And those parks are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, people miss so much stuff. You know, people look at a... a you watch on TV and you watch bison, buffalo. You watch them running. Oh, wow, it's beautiful. There's a little park over here we talked about the other mm-hmm. day. You can go watch them. And you can look at real buffalo or bison. Well, and it's it's totally different. It's $5. And you drive through and it's like driving into Jurassic Park. It's really cool. And that's right here at by Clark. 45 miles away, Katie's, Kentucky. Katie's. Out in land between the lakes. Yeah, there's elk out, you know. But if people would would get out and love, you know, love everything. You want to make you want to make your enemy mad, love him. You want to make him go away, love him. Yeah, because he'll become your friend. Because he'll become your friend, or he will go away. And because he's like, whoa. I, I was down in Louisiana yeah, doing something, I think, with the last Honky Tonk movie series. And somebody came up to me and they were like, hey, been looking at this study that shows that racism and poverty start disappearing when people travel and then come back. Because you go out there and you bring this awareness of like, hey, we're all humans and we're all together. And this is our life. This, this is our life. I mean, from the big snowball in the window <laughs> distracting us to you're going stop that mess to whatever we're doing here and talk, every bit of it. Like, this is our life, man. This is everybody's life. And that's that's right. It's every single one of us. And, and what are you going to do with your life? God gave it to you. God gave it to you. God gave you the rule book. But God ain't going to live your life. No. And you're going to have to live your life. And you're not going to be exempt 
from pain, from hurt, from sorrow, from anger, from bitterness. All that stuff comes at you, and a lot of it's a choice how much you're going to dwell on it. Yeah. A lot of veterans will dwell, sit. Man, we, keep, and we just shove it. And we just shove it. Yep. Just shoving it. And then thinking about it while you're yeah. shoving it. I did it. I mean, and when it, it comes out, and every time the doctor would ask me, how bad is it? I'd dive down to how bad it was, and I'd come up with a number, and they'd say, here's some more pills. Yep. And I'm thankful. You know, I'm, I got up this morning and took Theraflu. I'd love to tell you I don't take anything. I take 12 pills a day. Six in the morning, three at, and three at night. But at least you're not zombie. No. I was zombie when I was taking well, that 13. I, yeah, I was zombie I don't, boy. I don't take Ooh, opioids. Boy, I, was I don't. I got some pain meds, but they're like anti-inflammatories. So I don't take any pain, and and I suffer for it. But I, 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 I you can ask Jennifer. I've tried the hardest to stay out of it because I know if I get on pills and get, why wouldn't I want to stay high all the time? Kate does that to me too. This morning, because of because of our son, he you know pancakes was a thing with Andrew. So he's hey, do you want pancakes this morning? Yes, I would love pancakes. And I'm watching him move as he's getting up to get dressed to go make me pancakes. So I'm like, baby, lay back down. You're not making me pancakes. <laughs> it's not worth hurting yourself to just to, to make me smile. That that's not going to make me smile. You know, it's that self care, mm-hmm. self love. Which is it's. But I would have been happy to get up and make pain. I was already planning on getting up and making pancakes this morning. But that's the that's most of us in the military do that over and over and over. That's all we know. That's all we care about. Well, and and it's like it's hard to explain it to to anybody. Anybody what's happening. And then you know what else I've watched? I've watched people that are not in the military that have been raped, that have had death in the family, that have gone through all like abusive relationships mm-hmm. and what's weird is they're doing the same dang things we wind up doing and and there's some of them folks in vet church right now right. because as veterans um you know in, in the army we always say rangers lead the way right in, <laughs> we love you rangers though <laughs> Ranger ain't nothing but an infantry man with a long tab. No big deal, that. man. I always wanted to be a hey, ranger. Light infantry, it's nothing but rangers. So, uh, <laughs> I know you're joking. But, um, <laughs> so, bring people together. I'll, and I love, you know, we're doing the Run Ranger Run Gallery. Yeah, here, right? I've, I've they, seen that. And they got the, the ranger thing on there. And having wanted to be a ranger yeah. and being red, green, colorblind, and then. You know, yeah. no, the army didn't want me at first, and the whole story. <laughs> but I always feel weird about even wearing the. They send you a T-shirt when you yeah. run Ranger Run. I feel weird about Marine. wearing it because it says the word Marine Ranger. Ranger. But the idea of leading the way, yeah. In in a sense, as veterans, we lead the way to a better society. Mm-hmm. 
a better community. We may not all go into politics. We may not all be the ones who go out and, and, and serve again in that capacity. But one of the things we can lead the way in is just like you said, acts of right. kindness. Or what do you call it? Did you say acts of kindness or do you say just good do deeds? A good deed. Good just deeds. do a good deed. Because, huh. because, uh, because we live in a world where we need good deeds. Yeah, because good is not looked on as good anymore. It's looked on as weakness. If you're kind to somebody, people consider you weak anymore. You know, I mean, I, I use a lot of driving because I have driven a lot in my life, but you can see it on the road. If you drive on the roads in the United States of America, you can see hate, you can see racism, you, can, you, you see it all. I've driven all over this country and you see it every day out on the road. And you see it by, if you're, if if today you were texting and driving, you are wrong. That's an act you of hate. You know you are wrong. Yep. You know it's dangerous, but because you're a human, that's not going to happen to me. And you're right. It might not happen to you, but it might happen by you to somebody else because you're too good, I can drive, and I can text. There is nobody in the world that can multitask. You cannot do two things at one time. And I have a real simple way to prove that. Real easy. Want me to prove it to you? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I want you to take two math problems. Take 444 divided by 22. Right? And then do 300 divided by 15, right? Pretty easy. But I want you, if you're a multitasker, then you can write both of them answers at the same time because you're multitasking, right? You're doing more than one thing at a time. So if you can multitask, you should be able to look at them problems and write down both answers right there. This answer, yeah. But you can't. You have to figure this one out, then you have to figure this one out. If you were driving... And you look down at your phone, you are no longer driving. If you look at your radio, you're no longer driving. Sure. You are riding in a car that is moving forward with nobody driving it, and you're playing with the radio. Because you are not thinking about driving, thinking about that radio. The, any genius in the world can come tell me that you can multitask and you can't. You can do more things. You can do multiple things at one time. But you cannot do multiple things at one time and do them all right. There was, I took a, a superbike course right up here at Fort mm -hmm. Campbell. They did a superbike course. I took it. And we're all sitting there in our little things, right? We're all just sitting there. And he says, everybody pull out your phone. He writes his address up on the thing. He says, that I want you to like pull up a text and send it to this address, or the phone number, whatever mm -hmm. it was. So everybody gets ready. And he says, that I'm going to tell you what I want you to write. Okay, and it was something simple like, I like my Yamaha or whatever it was. Right. And uh, for me, it was the Kawasaki. <laughs> um, 
So I, at the time, I had my Harley in that little <coughs> that little ninja. Yeah. And uh, while we're all typing in, I like my for me ninja or Kawasaki. Yeah. This guy pulls out, or he had him sitting there. He had a box of uh, tennis balls. And while we're doing that, he's throwing the tennis balls at everybody. Huh. And, and the point was, in the 10 seconds it takes to write, I like my Kawasaki or Ninja or whatever mm. it was that everybody wrote, it's 10 seconds you take your eyes off the road. Your vehicle, whatever vehicle it is, moves 100 feet. And he's right up there in front. He hits like five, as fast as he could. He hit about four or five people with tennis balls. And everybody looking at him like, because, you know, after yeah. you hit the first one or something, somebody yelled yeah. or something, because he's popping in the head. Yeah. Um, it drew awareness of the fact that you can't. And, and, you know, Kate and I have been, I don't know what our mileage is for this year. That's why I haven't done my taxes yet. But last year we did 63,000 miles. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, I put 65 on the bike about a year and a half, two years. You're about to sell that bike. That bike's for sale. Because of, of pain. Pain. So what what kind of bike is it? Let's tell everybody. Uh, it's a 2017 Triglide, the Harley Davidson through, you know, trike, um, deluxe. It's beautiful, band. beautiful. Really cool color. Yeah, it's really pretty blue. It's murdered, blacked out. Um, has stage one and two on it. Has 14 inch bars on it. Um, lots of storage. Lots of storage. I hate it that you're not going to ride the bike anymore. I can't. We did a trip over to uh, Fayetteville. North Carolina and it took us almost 15 hours to get home because I had to stop about every 100 miles and get off the bike and you just hurting that bad just hurting that's why I'd I quit have to, I quit riding I'd have to do some stuff and go sit and just and get back on the ride it's a it's a um, Harleys are awesome machines yeah. I and them. and I, I I I think now after I've changed a bit that I could probably ride again but it's been Four years since I've had a bike. Yeah, you got. Uh, you got. Yeah, three years probably. At least because yeah, I. Because even when I started, it wasn't long after we moved in that you got rid of your bike. Yep. Well, and you, you'd asked me one time. You said, "Hey, you gonna go for a ride?" And I said, "I haven't even had the battery had lost its charge because I've been on the road or something." And you were like, "I could have started it up." Your. Yeah. I, I didn't give me a tender for it or something. No. To put no, on I didn't it. have a tender. Somebody gave me a tender to put on my battery because it's set so long. Buried. But, uh, man, so 20, what did you say, 27? $27,000. $27, yeah. uh, it's you, on Facebook. It'll yeah. sell. Like, dude, that's, I bought my first one down at, uh, no, no, I bought my first Harley down in Florida. And uh, my second one I got up here at Paducah that's at the, Four uh, Rivers. Four Rivers. Yep. Yeah, that's a nice the steamboat. That's what, I think that's where Kate went and learned. Did you take your riding class up there? Yeah, the one that looks like a steamboat. Yeah, yeah. We're off the interstate. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, we passed it two days ago and come yeah. down here. I always try to see. It gave a big honk. <laughs> Kate's like, pay attention to the road. <laughs> Stop saying it. <laughs> and and I just want all y'all people out there to know, and I want you to know. I'm not just talking to y'all. I'm talking to myself too. I mean, everything I say, I say to myself. I, I'm I'm harder on myself than I am anybody else. Trust me. And I just, you know, I, don't know. I mean, you got to be good. You got to. 
are what what's a man? Um, we're good until we gotta be bad. And then you be as bad as you can be. <laughs> that that's you know that's be it. be all in. Be be all in. One way or the other. You know. Uh, me and me and Jennifer used to get this all the time. She wanted all the kids to go through ROTC. And I was like, Yeah, that's fine. But and Leanne and Colson, you know, they were all you know, they're kids, so they're not very respected, you know. And it was such pain for me to see the uniform and stuff disrespected. And it's and and I have nothing wrong with my kids and I but it's it was it was just that it's like nobody understands what that means. You know. Um like when you hold that unif when you hold that uniform up or when you hold a Bible up, or, or when you hold a guitar up, or, or when I hold this phone up, or, or when you hold something up, you have to think about what that represents. That Bible represents 2,000 years of people trying to do the right thing. The military represents 200 years of people trying to do the right thing. Do we do it right all the time? No. It, but we try. And when you stop trying, you're done. You're failed. That's when you failed, when you stopped trying. I, I'll, I'll never forget my mom saying, I've come to my, I've made my decision, and I'm done struggling with that decision. And at first I took that for like she quit trying. But I, I, I thought back about it a lot. I don't think my mom quit trying. I think she came to the conclusion that what she believed was right. And I think we all need to come to that conclusion. Now in the between and like in your saying like an ROTC, yeah. it's a it's a tough thing because I, I remember Andrew in his uniform. Yeah. And yeah. it you know, it looked sharp, but I can also I remember Andrew. I can imagine him taking it off, yeah, throwing it in the corner, man. Yeah. Like and that's no big and look when I was in the army and I came in and took my uniform off, same thing, man. Right, I think, it didn't mean as much then you know, to me, right? Because I, I bled in that uniform. I sacrificed in that uniform. You know, I bled and I sacrificed in the back of a hamlets, saving people's lives. I have sat in a truck nine hours driving to deliver stuff, and you got to keep doing that. And when you stop, when you stop moving forward, you die. Yeah. And and I've stopped moving forward sometimes, and I've died. I've I've lost things, and stuff has died because I quit trying. Um, you know, I've lost I've lost a lot of joy because I quit trying to have joy. Because every time I tried to have joy. It was taken from me. So you just, I, just, I don't need that no more. But, you know, one day I'll start trying to have joy again. And I'm not saying I'm not happy or anything like that. I'm just, you know, that joy, that that joy of life, you know. That's that's interesting. My, my aunt said to me one day, she said, and, and my uncle's a Vietnam guy. Yeah. And uh, we started that church. They were there. And he told me, he said, I'll never go to church again in my life. And now he's going to church again. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and he, but and, and as they started, he started finding some joy 
one of the things they said, uh, my aunt wrote to me one time and said, we're praying that you find joy. And it's weird that you said that. Yeah. Because I'm starting to find some of it, David. I'm starting to find some. And it's different than happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Being happy is. It's a a quick feeling like mm -hmm. Gentleman Jack there will get you happy. Yep. (laughs) But joy, it's this lasting, like even in sorrow, sorrow. There's joy. There's joy. There's like... And we started talking, you know, we started this talking about that. And man, what what a what a I want to say privilege or honor, but to be with y'all today. And and us doing this today. Yeah. Uh wasn't planned. <laughs> not not by us, but maybe no. by God. And um after mom died, I remember y'all came over to the house, not knowing that just in a few months you two would be going through some extreme pain. And I had this uh, Jack Daniels. He said, "No, no, no, we're not going to drink that bottle. You produced a bottle." And Jennifer, you said, "It'll it'll be all right, <laughs> but it's gonna burn." And that was a hundred and thirty proof. Yep. And took a shot of that stuff right after mom and died. <coughs> And drowned that sorrow like like in that verse there for a little yeah. bit. And I went to sleep that night. Yeah. And I hadn't slept in a long time because my mom had needed morphine every hour on the hour. And like to be here today is um I I'm tentative to describe it any other way than awe. Yeah. Because there's like I don't have it all together, and well, nobody does. And, it's, and if you say you do, you're lying. It's like if you say you ain't afraid to go in combat, you're a freaking liar. You well, are. Yeah. It's the scariest thing in the world. All you big green beanies and all, I'm telling y'all. But I courage, courage but is embracing the fear. Courage is in face is embracing the fear. That's what makes us cured. Courageous is we're afraid. So why are you going to say you're afraid and then say you're courageous? If you're not afraid, then it's no big deal for you to run into a burning building. But if you have fear and then you run in that burning building, you're courageous. Yeah, right? and that's and that's what you know. Like we talk about the person that stubbed their toe and yeah. and did whatever. Well, I'll say this much for that person: they lifted their hand at one point and signed did. a blank check to the military and. Even the person that never even made it out of basic training, because I know some of those guys, and 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 now I've, I've set up on stages, and and people have walked up to me afterwards and said, you know, I feel guilty because I never, I'm, I never made it out of AIT, I never made it out of basic training. My dad did twenty nine years, Kate, twenty nine years, never deployed. On his way to Vietnam, got diverted to to Korea, and thank God he did, because I'm here. Yeah, because I wasn't born yet, and. Uh, <laughs> And he lost a bunch of people in Korea. And I didn't know that story until we were standing at the wall. But in in that whole thing, every one of them people, male, female, folks that are identifying as other. There's some now though. And you know what? They're doing something. And I, and I don't have anything against any I don't have anything against anybody except sorryness. If you're sorry, I have something against you. 
Well, and and, and just because you joined the military don't, don't mean you're don't, not sorry. Don't mean you're not. <laughs> just because you're president of the United States. Trump's pretty sorry. I mean, Trump's a loudmouth. He combs his hair funky. He uses spray tan. I mean, but he's a president, so we have to support him. Why not? Why not? Doesn't change anything. Not it don't. Cha- it don't. You know, it, I love it. Doesn't change any of my feelings. So y'all know one of my rules is don't talk about politics on this show. And um, I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about people. What we're talking about, because Dave and I talk about this a lot, yeah. so I'm, I'm just jump in and address it real quick. For some of y'all, God, oh, you said Trump's name. <laughs> Dave doesn't care one way or another about Trump, neither do I, or about any of them. I mean, from um, one thing we do look at is Pelosi and Trump. They're serving. What are you doing? Yep. Yep. There's a good question. They're, they're doing. I tell you what, they might be not doing it the way I like, but they're doing. <laughs> well, when when that person approached me and said you should run for representative, I wasn't quite into my whole psych drug stuff yet. Yeah. I was getting in the verge, and then I jumped full off the cliff. <laughs> but Kate said to me, "There's no way I'm being the wife <laughs> of a politician," and uh, <laughs> she's behind the thing going like this, and um. Boy, I tell you what, it takes a lot to say you're going to be a mayor of a small city. Now everybody in the city's going to know your name, know your business. We're, we're going to drag out stuff. Good, and they're going to look for the dirt. Oh, I'm sure this video. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm going to be a mean. I know it. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a bad hand. <laughs> bad, I'm sorry, y'all. Bad, whatever. It's a bad I'm church. Sorry, but it, it, here, you have to be. You have to be true to yourself. You have to be true to your beliefs. Yeah. And you have to pick the hill that you're going to die on. Well, and and for me, the only hill I'm willing to die on right now, the, the only place I'm willing to stand up and just push, 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 is that we love one another. Yeah. And it's like there's a lot of danger out there. And... In, like I got these two words tattooed to my chest. One is wisdom, and the other is courage. Without courage, there is no wisdom. The, oh, big deal. Without wisdom, there ain't nothing. That's it. And so you have to have courage to act on the wisdom that you have. So if you know what's right, do it. Do it. Why is it so? Why is it so hard for people to do the right thing? It's easy for them to do the wrong one. You know how many people cheat on their taxes? And, and yet, if you make a dollar, pay your 18 cents into the tax and just be done with it. Well, I, and how, I, how hard I is like that? driving on the road. I do like driving on roads. So at least in the fix them roads. You know what? I like having nice hospitals to go to. I, do I like having nice parks to go to. We got to pay for that some, somehow. Somehow that has to be paid for. Clean water. Clean water. You know, that has to be paid for. We have to have. You have to have air. You have to have water, and you have to have food. You don't have to have clothes, houses, or anything else. Because there are people living in Africa right now that walk around naked or with flaps on. South America. They there's walk people around. these camps all down on the beach. Yeah, there's people <laughs> all over these beaches walking around naked. But you don't have to, you have to have water, you have to have food, and you have to have air. So we need to make sure that we have water, food, and air. Hey, everybody. Now, let's say something else, too. You and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, 
there's people we're always going to have to care for. Yeah, there, there is. And it's our responsibility. Yeah. Let me say one thing. Go ahead. Y'all have seen me. You've heard me talk. You've heard some of my stories. Like I said, if you want to ask, ask. I'll tell you. Message me. But you have to be true to yourself so you can be true to other people. And that's it. You have to fix yourself. And you have to change. You, you can't stay the same. The same will get you nothing. You have to change. Whatever it is. Um, uh, what, what, what have I done that, you know, I do, I make sure I do. I can't think of anything right now, but, but I've changed things in my life to get myself better. Well, you, you and if you don't do that, if you don't try and you gotta be honest, I went from a flip phone to a smartphone. I so God want to go back to a no phone. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember. When I couldn't get you on the phone. Hey. You're like, I'm not answering the phone. You call, not answer. I called the other day and you answered. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Thank y'all. Thank Look. you, Matt, for what you do. Well, man. All right, bitchers. See y'all later. Thank you for joining us for this Vet Church interview. Your feedback is welcome. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com.